it's funny because uh, cl- all three of us are all self-employed and mm-hmm. I don't think any of us would want to work for somebody or at least work for somebody full-time because I still have the part-time law enforcement gig. Yeah, I can, I I can see where there would be benefits to knowing when a paycheck was coming and how much that paycheck would be. Very true. But aside from that, yeah, I'm, I'm, Everything else I'm in good. a good place. I'm, I'm glad to be where I'm at. It's, it's uh, thankful that, that my wife has always been so supportive or otherwise I, I probably would have been in a cardboard box for many years, but uh, that's definitely. my life too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Asp is the chief financial officer, and thank God for her. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macrow. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro. And I'm Matt Mallory. And we have a very special guest, John Correa. This episode is made possible with the generous support of Shooter Technology Group, ASP, Saber Red, Lee Armory, and the SFD Responder 2.0. Thank you. So a little bit more about your background. Uh, I mean, I know we talked about at uh, the expo, you kind of gave yeah. a little intro to our guests, but if you wanted to go a little bit more in depth on that and kind of uh, how it started and, and where you're going now, and we definitely- Yeah, for to- sure. I, um, so I'm the founder and owner of Active Self-Protection. We're a self-defense and firearms training company based out of Phoenix, Arizona. But you know, if you know me, you know me from the YouTube channel, right? Um, when people ask, what do you do for a living, John? I say, I talk while people get mugged on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, it's, it's an interesting world. So I've become kind of the one of the subject matter experts in how real defensive gunfights go uh, just by watching and analyzing so many. So mm-hmm. uh, we've analyzed around 20,000 real life defensive encounters at this point caught on surveillance video, some badge cams as well. Um, and uh, we put a new one up every day there. So for my background, I got, I mean, I started shooting when I was a kid, but I didn't, uh, you know, my grandpa uh, took me out hunting when I was a boy. Uh, my dad owned a few guns. But um, I didn't really get into them until after I got out of the military. Um, you know, I served in the Navy for eight years, and it's so funny because people on the channel will sometimes say, well, what's your qualifications for doing this, John? Are you ever a cop? Are you in the military? And I was like, yeah, I was in the military for eight years. And they go, oh, okay, cool. And then they drop it. I'm like, no, keep asking questions, goofball, because hey, do you know what I did in the military? I yeah. made hot water the hard way in Uncle Sam's Canoe Club, okay? So, um, you know, I operated nuclear reactors for eight years. I was an electronics technician. Uh, I was on the USS John C. Stennis. So, um, got out of the Navy. Really hard to own guns when you're in active duty, at least when I was on active duty from 95 to 02. Uh, it's just a pain to get them on base and all that stuff, so I didn't. Um, uh, when I got out, uh, I bought a home defense shotgun after my wife and I bought a home, but then in 2006 is really when it started for me. I, I, um, I was managing a video game store while I was going to uh, graduate school, the seminary, and um, Managers were getting mugged for Xbox 360s and PlayStation 3s, a couple of, of like uh, shootings, even a murder. So I was like, nah, that's not happening to me. So um, uh, at the time, I, I had a little extra cash. So I uh, went down and got my CCW. And uh, in Arizona at the time was not constitutional carry. We are now uh, first state in the union, modern state to go constitutional carry. But that hadn't happened yet. So I went and got my permit. Uh, took an eight-hour class to do that. It was a farce. Um, and then bought the wrong gun, put it in the wrong holster, loaded it with the wrong ammo, wow. and carried it as a magic talisman for a while. 
it was a lucky rabbit's foot, warded away danger. Um, and at the same time, my son, uh, who was a little guy, he's now grown and married himself. Um, and he was, you know, it pulls my, my arm when, you know, this is like, uh, 2004 or something. He, you know, Hey Papa, he started taking martial arts, started taking karate as his uh, extracurricular activity. My wife and I were homeschooling and he says, oh, Papa, 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 come and take karate with me. And I'm like, dude, I am going to school full time and I'm working full time. I'm pastoring a little church on the side. Yeah. Like, dude, I do not have time for that. Well, what about when you get out of school? All right, buddy. Pat, pat, pat. Sure. I'll do that. Well, at my seminary graduation, I'm sitting there with my mortar board and my, you know, uh, um, hood on and all that stuff. I'm feeling all special. And he was sick as a dog. And, uh, so I picked him up from, from the, the place where we were and I put him on my shoulder and he's, you know, laying there on my shoulder and kind of, you know, picks his head up and he goes, Papa, I'm so proud of you. Are you coming to class on Tuesday? And, uh, <laughs> no, no kidding, man. That's uh, okay, awesome. buddy. Uh, I said I would, I'll be a man of my word. And, uh, I just planned to do it for a few months just so that that way he felt like I was doing something with him. Uh, and I fell in love with it. So 13 years later, I, um, this past April, I received my second degree black belt from my instructor. I am uh, the student of Lawrence Robinson, the student of Skip Hancock, the student of Ed Parker. Um, if you know that lineage, that's the lineage of American Kempo. But what we do, what Lawrence does, um, doesn't really look like Kempo anymore. And so we call it UMAS, which is an acronym that stands for Universal Martial, Martial Arts Sciences. Uh, he's incredible, seventh degree black belt and a perpetual student. In fact, I think this last week he was at a Kali seminar uh, just because he's always learning and growing. And then after I got my second degree uh, in April, um, part of our school, Attitude First Martial Arts Academy, has um, a, a world champion, no-gi, uh, jiu-jitsu teacher uh, and yoga instructor as part of our school, uh, Josh Stockman. And uh, I told Lawrence, hey, I'm going to go study with Josh for a while and, and get some uh, snuggle struggles in some jujitsu because that's kind of the hotness in the gun world. Yep. And I want to kind of just broaden my game to have a little bit better ground game. So for the last, what, five, six months, I've been doing that. And um, I'm a know-nothing, no-stripe white belt. I, uh, you know, it's just fun to be a student and know nothing and, and soak up knowledge every single time on the mat. And uh, so that's my martial arts kind of backgroundy stuff. Um, Umas is, is mostly a striking distance art. Mm -hmm. Some standing grappling as well. Um, not a lot of ground stuff in it. Uh, some, but, but really certainly nothing like jujitsu. So yeah, that's where the, the empty handed stuff comes from. About the same time as the empty handed stuff started. Uh, well, I guess a little while later, I kind of realized, man, um, I need to be good with the handgun at the same time. If I'm going to carry one, if I carry a handgun and it's, and I don't, have any skills with it, it's a liability to me because yeah. it is dangerous to carry a firearm, right? I mean, you know, you're handling it administratively every day. And if you don't, if you're not good with it, then that's a liability. Uh, okay, will so, be. Yeah. So I, I started taking classes and that gets expensive. And so I was like, man, how do I, how do I make this cheaper? Oh, I know. I'll, I'll if I'm an instructor, then I can write them off. And, uh, cause it's my training, right? I got to get trained. <laughs> and so I started, uh, uh teaching, in 2011, I got my first certifications in handgun instruction. They were NRA instructor certs, and um, I just became a training junkie at that point. I got about, I don't know, 750 hours or so in gun school at this point. Nice. Uh, my handgun instructor certs are NRA, um, a Range Master Advanced Handgun Instructor, Six Hour Academy, ShootingPerformance.com, um, several others. I taught uh, undergrads for nine years as well as an adjunct professor, grad students for five years. So teaching is kind of my core competency. Nice. Um, so uh, I take, I've taken uh, handgun and rifle and shotgun classes from some of the best in the, in the industry in the whole world. So um, 
I have been very blessed to be able to sit under the instruction of some really incredible instructors. And uh, so I like to teach. I love teaching beginning students. I love teaching intermediate and advanced students to people who are really looking to get good with their handgun. Last two years, especially maybe two and a half years, I have really worked to get better with my handgun um, in a defensive context. So uh, I shoot a lot, put about 25,000 uh, rounds a year downrange uh, for the last couple of years getting a couple hundred hours of instruction every year. And, and um, uh, as a Spiram student, at least a hundred hours a year on the mats as well. Try to get more than that, try to get up to 200, but with my travel schedule, man, sometimes it's hard. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't know, uh, as far as the adjunct professor, I was, I'm a, I was an adjunct professor at two local colleges teaching uh, technology, computers. Computer nice. Computer yeah, network. I taught in the Bible department at Arizona Christian University for nine years. So wow. I taught basically everything that the, Bible department function at that. It was a little Christian college, a little kind of Bible school when I first got there. It's now a, a Christian liberal arts uh, school, but university. Uh, but when I first got there, the Bible department kind of was like their gen ed department. And so uh, I taught, I mean, everything they do, biblical interpretation, New Testament, Old Testament, pastoral skills, preaching, theology, capstone. Uh, wow. I, I ran their internship program for a number of years. So as an adjunct, I did an off. I was a Believe it or not, um, our department chair uh, was treated for prostate cancer the fifth year I was there or something. And so he was gone for most of the semester. And the, the uh, provost, who was a friend, looked at me and said, you're the department chair until he comes back. And I was like, I'm an adjunct professor, dude. Uh, and he's like, yeah, but I know you'll do the job. So you're it. I'm like, am I going to get paid for this? And he's like, no. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. <laughs> God's got a plan, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, I did that for nine years. Uh, I was a, a pastor for yeah, 14 and a half, give or take. Uh, I'm still a shepherd. I didn't leave the faith. Um, yep. February 2018, well, February, January 2017, ASP became my full-time occupation and full-time, you know, income. Mm -hmm. And the church became a part-time income. And then February 2018, um, it became my sole job. So I'm not currently shepherding a local congregation. Um, I don't know that I ever will again. Honestly, I love being a pastor. I hate running the corporation, quite frankly. Yeah. Running the organization drives me bazonkers. So I don't know that I'll do that again, but um, I sure love shepherding souls. Amen. It's, it's interesting, too, the, the, the type of people you meet on the range and the opportunities for fellowship that just organically happen when you work with other folks of like mind, especially those that have taken on the responsibility to be their own family first responder. I, I yeah. feel that many of them kind of... Not everyone, of course, but many of them kind of have the same viewpoint uh, when it comes to faith. Yeah, in my experience so far. Yeah, they go. They do tend to go hand in hand. You know, gun folk do tend to be a little bit more conservative. Conservative folk tend to be a little bit more religious. You know, that's just statistics. Um, I find I have friends all across the spectrum. You know, and and folks that I get to shepherd. Um, I, you know, I've had a couple people, uh, major organizations, maybe that are outside the faith, that are like, "Hey, John, do you feel like you traded in your local congregation for the congregation of active self protection?" And I say, absolutely not. Um, you can't be a pastor to 1.4 million people. You can't. I don't care what you think. Uh, you can be a talking head. You can be uh, an educator, but you can't be a pastor. A pastor is somebody who walks with you and loves you through the challenges of life and, and you live with. And so um, now I've, I've met some incredible folks through the firearms industry, through the self-defense industry that I consider part of my local congregation, but uh, they're not the same thing, you know. So, but you're right. I, I have several, a bunch of friends that I get to encourage and, and uh, several guys that I'm discipling who I met through the firearms industry. So, um, yeah, I think you're right on that. But. This is Aaron Marco with Defense In-Depth and you're watching Clint Macro and Matt Mallory on Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers.
you have an event coming up. So why don't you tell, uh, tell our, our viewers and listeners uh, about the event and how they can help and, and help to uh, further the cause for foster children. Yeah, Matt. So uh, a little bit of the background on the story. So the, the event is next month. It's September 27, 28, 29 at uh, Tallgrass Shooting Sports, um, which is at the Living Water Ranch just outside of Manhattan, Kansas. It's literally, I mean, if you threw a dart and hit the middle of America, you pretty much know exactly where you need to be. Um, uh, the geographic reels close to the geographic center of America. Um, and uh, we are hosting, we're calling it the Active Self-Protection National Conference. Uh, we, we did a national conference in 2016, but we haven't done one since. So this is really kind of, and it's a relaunch, a reset. It's all new, different. Um, it's a conference style. So we're going to have three live fire ranges and five classrooms operating um, in two and four hour blocks. So you'll have, some shorter classes, some longer classes, some live fire classes, obviously on the range classroom, not so much live fire, um, some empty handed skills. And, and we kind of internally call the conference bullets and Bibles, or uh, we've also jokingly called it the five B's. Um, so we have bullets, Bibles, bourbon, barbecue, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, not necessarily in that order. Um, and uh, what we're doing though is uh, last year I taught a class at the uh, at Tallgrass for the owners there, Mike and Lisa Urban, and had students come in and we did our normal uh, cover your ASP tour. And they just are dear people, and they run they're at at uh, the Living Water Ranch. They run the Flint Hills Foster Teen Camp, and they they bring abused and abandoned foster teens in, particularly those who have aged out of the system. You know, at 18 years old, about 40% of foster teens are um, completely homeless. And uh, what that lets us do is they bring them in and they provide for them. And, um, and in providing for those kids, they, they give them a place to live. They teach them about life. They teach them about the Lord. They help them to have a chance to make it through the world. And um, so what we're doing is trying to help them raise funds because they don't have anybody else supporting them. They do it out of their own pocket. They do their own fundraiser and those things. So, the conference, what we're doing is rather than uh, active self-protection, taking anything out of it, which I, is not wrong. I mean, if you run a conference and you make money at it, that's totally fine, totally good. I, I have no problems with that whatsoever. Um, but what we decided, it's just part of my faith commitment uh, to Christ that I am going to do good with what he's given me. And we have to. And so um, that everything's running through the Flint Hills Foster Teen Camp. So we got some corporate donors who are providing for the instructors to come in. The instructors are all donating their time. Nobody's making a penny out of it, but obviously we've got to pay for them to get there, right? Can't ask them to, to also pay for their travel expenses. So we got some corporate donors who donated to the camp uh, and to the, to the event who are going to take care of the uh, expenses for the instructors. Folks like HK um, are, are providing for that. Folks like uh, Palm OC, folks like Firearms Legal Protection, folks like uh, Nanook uh, Protective Cases. And then... Um, uh, what we're asking people to do is uh, there's still a few seats left to the conference. There are about 20 seats left. Um, <clears throat> and we have some uh, few left, um, uh, even spaces in the barracks. So they have, they have the ability to have about a hundred people in the barracks, um, which is, I mean, it's not quite like a military barracks, but you know, it's, it's not the Taj Mahal, but it's a place to sleep and, and a place to keep your things. Um, and we're asking for a $500 donation directly to the Flint Hills Foster Team Camp. And that gets you the weekend of training. So all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of training. That gets you uh, your meals included because we're cooking everything on sites a little ways from things. That gets you for the, for the next couple people who register that want them, um, a place in the cabins for a place to stay. So basically your cost for the weekend is whatever it costs you to get there. And that $500 donation that's tax deductible. And that's it. 
uh, plus ammo, you know, whatever ammo you shoot up. Um, there is also a hotel close by in Manhattan. It's about a 15 minute drive that uh, we've got a hotel discount rate at too. If you'd rather have a private place and, you know, place to get away and all that stuff. So, um, so all that there is what's going on. Now the conference itself, we, we, inside that organization, we call it bullets and Bibles. So, uh, if you know me and you know what I do, uh, we're going to have ranges going all day. We're going to have all that, but I'm going to, I'm going to be a shepherd. So that means, um, you can have as much Jesus there as you want or as little that's on you. But every morning, um, we'll be leading some morning devotion and some prayer time and some Bible study time. I'm going to lead some of that. Uh, my pastor friend, Sam Middlebrook from Red Hawk Firearms Training, who's pastor in Yakima, Washington, is going to be leading some of that. Mike Irvin, who is the pastor out there at Living Water Ranch, is going to be leading some of it. Uh, and then Saturday night, we're going to have a, um, a worship service. And again, you know, you participate as much in that as you want. I, I certainly will. Um, going to have a really incredible worship led by a couple of uh, good friends, including Sam, uh, including Edward Williver, including John Masek, who is my director and video editor. Um, uh, I'm going to preach Saturday night. I don't get to preach very much as a pastor anymore since I don't have a local congregation, so I'm not passing up that opportunity. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to have, we'll have fun with that. I don't beat people up with the Bible. I, I show them how to live for Christ as best I can every day of my life and invite folks to follow along the way with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's just going to be an incredible time. And, uh, we've seen people's lives changed at these kinds of events, people who meet God for the first time, people whose handgun skills get incredibly better, people who, uh, they learn things in the classroom settings. Uh, we're even having my friend Candace Stump is coming. Uh, she's a, a high level jujitsuka and a longtime teacher and world competitor. And she's teaching like Brazilian jujitsu for beginners and, uh, just enough jujitsu for women. Um, and so it's just going to be a fantastic time. So come on, come on. We got a few seats left. Mantis is a big sponsor. Mantis X. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't mention them. They're going to get angry at me for that, but Mantis, the man, brand, them up. brand new X 10. Um, they are sponsoring the event as well. Great. Good, good dudes. Christian folk who, um, are going to come. They're going to send a couple of instructors, bunch of, of their units. The new X 10 is really, really awesome too. With the holster draw and all that stuff is really cool. Yeah. Uh, really love them. Um, MagTech ammunition is one of my sponsors as well. They're, we're going to have a whole bunch of MagTech ammo there for people to buy at good prices if they want to. Couldn't uh, couldn't finagle that. You know, ammo is expensive to make, so I couldn't quite finagle freebies. But uh, uh, we will have some ammo there for people to buy if they need it. Um, and they're a big one there. Of course, like I say, HK. The folks sponsoring the, the conference are fantastic, man. They're, 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 we have to be very careful here, of course, in how we say things. They're not sponsoring the event. They are corporate donors to Flint Hills Foster Teen Camp. It's very kind of them to do that. Our hope and our goal is the last time I talked to Mike and Lisa that it it's about four thousand dollars a year, all things considered, for them to house a child out there and feed them and take wow. care of them and do the things that they need. Um, and so I said, look, man, we want to raise at least fifty thousand dollars so that they have twelve kids funded for the next year. And. Uh, that could change the life, uh, you know, think of a couple of generations down, you know, you get a kid that wouldn't make it, that gets out of the system instead, and gets propped up on their feet, gets a, a scholarship to college, gets the basics that they need, gets kind of moving in a positive direction, you know, um, and, and then they get married and have kids, and by the third, fourth generation, those 12 kids have affected hundreds of people in their local community. We've had 10 foster children in the house. We actually have a, a three-week-old. They came. He came to us uh, three days. He was three days old. Wow, uh, he, he had uh, marijuana, cocaine, and alcohol in his system when he was born. 
So happens all the time. You know, no, no child gets into the foster care system because they're being well taken care of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. And you some know, even get, some even get out of the system and go back to the same uh, squalor and stuff that they came from just because they're, they're trying to turn them around as quick as possible for numbers. So even the system's flawed to an extent that's trying to save them. Yeah. And you know, I have friends even here in Arizona who work uh, for what we call DCS here, Department of Children's mm-hmm. Services, and they're just so radically overwhelmed with need yep. versus what they have available. And yeah. There's something like, I think uh, last I looked, 18,000 children here in Arizona in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of them, I think around 12,000 are in um, orphanages. They, they don't call them orphanages anymore. They euphemistically right. call them group homes yep. um, because euphemisms make everybody feel better. Uh, right. But they're in orphanages and only about 6,000 of them in homes. And, you know, my wife and I, I, I Matt, I, I've just got nothing but respect for you and your family uh, doing foster care in your home hard here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We've had friends who are here. So abused yeah. by the foster care system and just utterly heartbroken in so many instances trying to love kids. Yeah, we've so, had every everything from three days all the way up to a uh, sixteen year old in the house. So it's wow, man. across the spectrum. Over mm-hmm. seven, I think seven years, six, seven years we've been doing it. Good That's for you, dude. Definitely Absolutely. one of the hard one of the hardest things you've ever done in our twenty eight years of marriage. So it's uh, not not easy. No, 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 it, it's it's really not. But I think it's valuable work. So you know, we're trying to, that, that's what we're trying to do with the national conference with bullets and Bibles is just foster good things. And, and in my opinion, even if you're not a follower of the way of Jesus, this is a moral good. This is a universal moral good to help these kids who are really helpless. Meet the pressers. Do you find that the, um, that, that introducing the, the prayer and stuff into it, you've gotten some people to, to cringe about that? I mean, well, us, us, us being men of faith, all three of us, and also being in the industry that we're in, um, I, I try to interject, you know, my love for the Lord and everything that I do, but I, I do run across some people that are just like, Hey, I could do with a little less of the, the, you know, the holding hands and singing Kumbaya stuff. And, and well, you know, frustrating. yeah, I get it. And, and, you know, I think it's now okay in America for people who aren't Christians to not hide behind some veneer of cultural Christianity. So if they're, they're not interested in, in Jesus, then they don't have to be. Um, and, you know, I tell folks, look, the reality is I respect you and who you are, and, and I am grateful that you let me be who I am. So um, at my conference that I'm running, uh, I'm right. going to pray for meals. Like, that's just going to be a thing. But you know what I've found awesome. my, as I try to just live out my life? Um, I'm not going to start every rain session with a prayer. I'm going to pray, but you know, I'm not going to, you know, have everybody gather around, but if you don't want to come to Bible study in the morning, totally cool, man. I'm not gonna look down my nose at you. Um, I'll just see you on the range at eight. Um, you don't want to come to the worship service on Saturday night, man. I I get that. You got other stuff to do, whatever you don't want to come. But if you're just interested, if you're like, wait a minute, this guy, Korea, what is, you know, does, is he really who he says he is? Uh, I, I hope so. And, and, uh, I try to be authentic with that. And, and so come and investigate. Clint actually does uh, a prayer before range, before range time, uh, every nice. class, right, Clint? Is it every uh, class? Just about every class. About every There's class. been a few times where I was hosted by some people that I knew that really wouldn't want to go there. And just out of respect to them, I kept it to myself, but I, I normally will do a prayer actually to finalize my, my, uh, safety briefing. At the end of it, and I, I just say, hey, you know, this is something that it, I, it's kind of a selfish thing. It's like I feel I need to do it before we do live fire. And, and so I say, this is something I like to do. If you want to join me, please do. Uh, if not, I'll be done in a second. So just hang tight and, and I'll do it. And really, like the biggest thing is I, I asked 
I hope that none of us ever have to use the skills that we're learning here today yeah. in real life. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. And so because of that, I think it helps to reinforce our, our avoidance message that we give in all the classes that we give too. So for those that maybe aren't, you know, really that into the prayer, maybe, maybe that helps to reinforce the avoidance portion of it. And that's how I look at it. I think it's valuable, man. Very cool. Hey guys, what's going on? Todd Fossey here from Integrated Defense Strategies, AKA IDS. You are watching Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory. Meet the Pressers. Where can people find you, learn more about you, and get a hold of you, learn what you're doing, keep, keep up with you? Uh, active Self Protection, best place to find me is on YouTube. If you just search, there's actually two channels there, Active Self Protection and Active Self Protection Extra. So two YouTube channels. We have a Facebook page. Just look up Active Self Protection on there. Uh, you can follow me on the grams if you want, at, you guessed it, Active Self Protection. Uh, <laughs> find our website, ActiveSelfProtection.com. Uh, I have a public figure page as well on Facebook. Uh, if you want to have daily devotion and stuff like that, um, Facebook.com slash the ask guy or just look up John Korea. It'll show, it'll show up as a page. Cool. Um, and yeah, and you can private message me there if I can help you at all. And uh, on the active self protection.com website at the header of the um, navigation is a link to the national conference. And you can find out all the information. Before you go, I just want to say congratulations. You're the first double guest. You've been on the show twice, technically. Very true. Wait, man. wait, oh, wait, that might not be true. Who? Oh, Josh. Gosh. But you were the only one we that has done two interviews, I guess. So we're gonna, you can keep that, but we'll put an asterisk next to it, like that. <laughs> My title, I'm gonna keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, double, thank you for your guess. support and your mentorship. You've been very helpful to like give us tips on how to grow the show, and we we greatly appreciate. Yeah, that. most definitely. That's that's been you. Know, you've been there for me. I really appreciate that. I, I reach out to you, and you know, you, you don't. In the beginning, you didn't know me from Adam, and and you'd still respond as like, "Who is this guy?" Well, I, you know, all right, here, here's some. <laughs> Here, here's a here's a carrot for you. Hopefully this helps, and and it did. It de definitely gave me gave us some good direction. Super. Well, thank you again. Yes, thank you. Stay safe. You too, guys. We have a lot of sponsors that made this show possible. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is made possible with the generous support of Shooter Technology Group, ASP, Saber Red, Lee Armory, and the SFD Responder 2.0. Thank you. Hey, so what do you got there, Matt? That is a AK-47 from Lee Armory, one of our sponsors. This is the true AK-47 that is illegal in New York. It's legal for you to own in, in uh, New York, It is York, legal correct? for me to own because, one, I'm law enforcement, and two, I'm an FFL. So this is the AK Sporter Hunter. So it is a band state compliant AK-47. Band state compliant. Band state compliant AK-47. So it does not have a pistol grip where the pistol grip normally would be, on, like on this one that I just showed you. That mm -hmm. pistol grip has been removed. The action was moved back, a and a plate was put here, and then just a regular rifle stock was put on it. So that okay. Actually, so, so that is... New York compliant. It is. It is. This is New York compliant. Uh, it doesn't have a bayonet log. doesn't have a threaded barrel. The actual barrel has been, uh, the, been, the threads on it have been ground down, and then a cap was put over top of that. doesn't have a forward grip, and it does have a removable magazine. And that's what, in New York State, if it's a semi-automatic, which AK-47 is, uh, with a detachable magazine, then it can't have XYZ and all those things that I just mentioned. It cannot have. That's why this, for a civilian, 
somebody not in law enforcement like myself and somebody who's not an FFL like myself couldn't have this legally because one has a pistol grip and two, there's actually a threaded barrel underneath here. Even though it's got a cap, there's a threaded barrel underneath there. So in 2013, you had to register your assault weapon is what it's called in the SAFE Act. Um, and as long as you register your assault weapon in the SAFE Act, so they know where to come and get them when they decide to ultimately ban them completely from everybody, um, then you're able to keep them. Would you be willing to speculate on the percentage of people that actually did register? It was a very low percentage that actually registered their firearms under the SAFE Act. It's another example of <clears throat> government violating the rights and liberties of law-abiding citizens with a law that they can't enforce, and they immediately make the law-abiding public into felons in many cases by passing a law overnight over a piece of property. This is a 30-round magazine. This is a 10-round magazine. This is New York compliant. This is other places compliant. <laughs> so if, if I were a law-abiding citizen, not in law enforcement, and lived in the state of New York, if I had Just that 30-round magazine, I would cease to be a law-abiding citizen? Or correct. could I own that? Nope. You're not allowed to be in possession of. And in New York State, possession means in your vehicle, on your person, in your home. So if you had this somewhere in your home, you technically are in possession of a 30-round high-capacity magazine is what the law states, and that would be a crime in New York State to be even in possession of this. If we look at the, the law altogether, right, <clears throat> so we'll go back to this one. Semi-automatic with a detachable magazine. Semi-automatic with a detachable magazine. This feature, this, this, this furniture doesn't change the effectiveness of the rifle. So what are they trying to do? Are they trying to ban the effectiveness of the rifle? And that right there just proves that the politicians weren't about trying to make a law that actually would stop bad people from doing bad things. It was to ban something that they were scared of, that they thought was going to hurt people um, with no forethought in it. And like, well, how can we really do this to make it common sense? Which, as we know, banning the guns from good law-abiding citizens isn't going to stop a bad guy from killing somebody. They're going to find another way if they can't get a gun. As I always say, Pennsylvania, <clears throat> excuse me, we're only one bad election cycle from being just like ends up in New York. Yeah, yeah, inja like that. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and click that little bell to make sure you know when our next episode's uploaded. Until next time, adieu. Meet the Pressers.